You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! basically about what's going on and what's happened this past week. Hope you guys are having a great week. A lot of things going on, man. A lot of things going on. LeBron James has opened a school. Donald Trump is trying to clap back at uh, at LeBron. That was just today. And so uh, I was going to also talk about the most recent um, documentary that's coming on the that actually came on this past week on the Paramount Network um, around Trayvon Martin. Very very good documentary, I believe. Jay Z and Rock Nation um, group has put that documentary together. But I had an opportunity to catch that. But we got a lot of catching up to do. Unfortunately, um, I, I hadn't planned to talk about uh, Donald Trump at all today. Um, but since he decided to clap back at LeBron. I figured we we, we got to talk about it, but this is episode 10 of the Let's Be Honest podcast with Frank Styles. Of course, I'm Frank Styles. I want to thank everybody that has been listening to the podcast and supporting me, um, all of my listeners, all of my followers. Do me a favor. If you haven't done so already, make sure if you are a iTunes listener and you are listening to my podcast via iTunes, I am asking that you actually go to iTunes and comment on the topics. Comment on the topic so I can get rated and uh, make sure that you are subscribing to the Let's Be Honest podcast with Frank Styles. For my Android users, Android users, you can also have access through uh, access to the podcast. Um, you want to go to the Google uh, Music Play Store. If you have an Android device, you want to go to um, Google Music. You want to click on Settings. From there, in the settings section, you should see something that says podcast if you have the latest version of an Android device. Um, when you click on podcast, just search for it. Let's be honest with Frank Styles. That's S-T-Y-L-Z. Remember that on all platforms when you guys are searching for it. Also, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, as well as you can always catch all the episodes of the podcast at BossRadioStation.com. That's BossRadioStation.com. There you can catch all the episodes. This is episode 10. Seems like I've been doing this a little bit longer um, than um, what is actually uh, up at the 10th episode, but this is actually episode 10. I am happy to uh, be embarking on this episode. And again, I, I always like to thank everyone that listens to the show. And um, I want to apologize for last week's show. I found out afterwards, after we had actually uploaded the show, that 
there were um, some problems with the audio, and I think we've got that problem fixed um, thanks to the engineers and the interns that have been helping me with that. But I believe we actually have that problem fixed now, so hopefully there shouldn't be any problems with the audio. However, the content is still good, and if you listen to it, you'll get the message. And that was, um, I'm referencing the Trumpgate versus Watergate episode where I compared Donald Trump to Richard Nixon um, in the, the, the uh, last episode where we talked about the troubles between, you know, the troubles that Richard Nixon was having during Watergate and the troubles now that Donald Trump is running into. Also, platforms, um, need you guys to go follow me on Instagram at Frank Styles. It's just Frank Styles, F-R-A-N-K-S-T-Y-L-Z. Follow me there on my Instagram. If you need video or production help with your podcast or video or music editing, hit me up. If you need voiceover work, hit me up. We can help you with that. You can follow me, uh, follow us on Facebook at Styles Boss Productions. Be sure that you uh, go and like the page, our business page there. Haven't posted there in a while, but uh, that page is there. We're going to be making sure that we bring you that content in full and make sure we're posting things, um, uh, whether it be news or some funny memes to help you get through the day. Also, you can catch me on Twitter, at FrankStyles1. That's at FrankStyles1 on Twitter. Go ahead, uh, follow me, You know, DM me any questions regarding the show, comments regarding the show. We certainly appreciate it. Um, and I'm um, going to be working on phase two of the, of the Let's Be Honest podcast. I don't want to get into that too much, but... We'll be working on that already for 2019. A lot of things that we have coming forth, so it only gets better. So thank you for all your support. I hope you continue to tell your friends. Be sure to like and follow and uh, get those downloads in. So with that being said, episode 10, it's going to be news and noteworthy today. Not a whole lot as far as a topic. I was going to talk about um, Trayvon Martin and Emmett Till. That we're gonna, those were gonna be the two topics, and discuss how how uh, Emmett Till was killed. Uh, how Emmett Till was killed almost. I don't know. It's been a long time ago, maybe 35, 40 years ago, maybe longer than that. Um, in comparison to Trayvon Martin, um, especially with the documentary that uh, Paramount is now showing, as well as BET. But I had an opportunity to catch the first episode of the documentary regarding Trayvon Martin. And it was an interesting one. So if you guys haven't checked that out, you can catch it out. Check it out on the Paramount Network on um, on DirecTV. I'm not sure what that station is, but you can check it out there. So the Paramount Network has a great documentary on Trayvon Martin. Jay-Z and the Rock Nation crew um, has, has this documentary. And I got a chance to catch it uh, on Monday in the first episode. Very, very intriguing. I'm going to get into that a little bit. But before we do that, we're going to talk about LeBron James. LeBron James opened up a school this week, came back to his hometown of Cleveland, Ohio, and opened up a school. LeBron doing big things. Shout out to LeBron James for that. Um, And this school is amazing. We have a clip from uh, courtesy of CNN where he talks about some of the things that uh, are involved with the school. Um, he's speaking with host, uh, Don Lemon on the Don Lemon show that comes on nightly on CNN, but a very, very good take on giving back to the community, why he wanted to give back to the community, even after he 
left Cleveland and is headed for L.A. next season. LeBron James opening up a, a school for uh, kids in the urban community and also has a lot of special things there for the parents. So take a listen to this clip. Time exclusive with the one and only LeBron James, one of this generation's greatest star athletes, three-time NBA champion, four-time league MVP. But LeBron James started out as a kid from Akron, a kid who missed 83 days of school in the fourth grade, but a kid with big dreams. Now he's a man on a mission, helping kids just like him, opening the I Promise School in his hometown. LeBron, the superstar, who's had so many great moments on the court, says opening this school may be the greatest moment of his life. For us to be in a position where we can bring like this into fruition and, and then see stories of kids that's going through the same thing that I went through, it even makes it even more of like, yes, we did this. This is why we should have did it. But there is a lot that has got LeBron James fired up off the court. Listen to what he says about living while black in America. No matter how big you can become, no matter how successful you are, no matter what you do in the community, no matter what you do in your profession, you know, being an African-American in America is always tough. And they're always going to let you know that you are the N-word, no matter who you are. So is there a run for office in his future? If someone tried to recruit a LeBron to run for president, they said, listen, they've got no one. If you don't run, Trump's going to win. Would you run? Well, in that case, I may. <laughs> this is the interview that you don't want to miss. LeBron James, one-on-one. -on -one. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me. Everyone who, says I'm, who knows I'm doing this says, much respect, much respect <laughs> for I promise. But you have so much going on. Why do you want to do this? Um, I mean, the kids talk to me, you know, either verbally or I could just hear their mental. Um, I, I, I am one of them, um, not too far removed, so uh, it wasn't even a question. It, was, it, it happened organically. You just did it. You figured that this was the best thing for you to do. Are you, are you nervous about this? Because I, I remember when Oprah was opening her school, she was like, it's such a big responsibility. I don't think I've ever been as nervous about anything or felt this much yeah, level right. of responsibility. No, it's not that I'm nervous. I'm more excited about it. I, I'm, I'm truly excited and, and truly like humbled and blessed that, first of all, that the Akron Public School System, my hometown, even you know, did this joint venture with us that allowed us to even make something like this possible. And then you know, my, just my support system and, and my foundation. You know, Michelle Campbell, first of all, the number one point uh, person in my foundation. They they brought this whole thing together and and brought it to me and I was like absolutely let's let's help. not let's not uh, absolutely you can't yeah. get nowhere in, nowhere in life without help without, without help. Well, you you were I think it was a third grader who interviewed you for um, Teen Vogue, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And asked you about all the challenges and about the single mom, yeah, right? Yeah. And I I relate to that because I grew up with a single mom who's my hero. Your mom is your hero. Yeah. Um, is that one of the reasons this is important to you? Oh, absolutely, and it's, uh, it's one of the huge reasons that it's important. Um, you know, just because of you know, the everyday struggle that me and my mom had to go through at that age, you know, being in the third and fourth grade, and uh, for us to be in a position where we can bring like this into fruition and, and then see stories of kids that's going through the same thing that I went through, it even makes it even more of like, yes, we did this, this is why we should have did it. But how do you conquer those fears? Because Jaden was um, his name. Talked about um, hearing gunshots, yeah, gunshots and that sort of thing, yeah. walking through, being tempted by mm -hmm. drugs and all those things. How do you think they, how do you get them to understand that that's not the path that they have to take? Um, I think being in, in a support system, and that's what this is all about. You know, I think for me, when I did go to school or when I was playing little league sports, you know, being around 
kids and being around people that have fun and, 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 and kind of speak the same language as you, um, it allows you to kind of escape away from the drugs and the violence and the gunshots and things that go on, you know, on an everyday basis. And, and uh, you know, and that's what we're here for right now. That's why I'm opening this school to be able to get these kids' mind away from and their body away from. We even, we even, you know, made the hours of being in school longer from eight to instead of three to five. Yeah, we said that's a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah, we want them here, you know, and, um, you know, so we can let them know not only do we want you here, but we, we really do care. We really do care about what, what happens with you. Well, you and people say he's an athlete, right? Well, athletics are big, but this is, this is a STEM school. It's science, mathematics, yeah. and, and reading. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. All of that, math, reading, social studies, all the way down to, to gym class, to music, arts, all, all everything. It's holistic. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's important. Are, are, are athletics important to th these kids? Do you think it's their minds right now? No, I think both. I think, um, I think athletics are important, but also their mind. I think both. I think it just plays, um, it, it just bring, when you're, when you're a part of sports and you're a part of your mind, it just brings some, so much camaraderie and so much fun. You know, we, we, we are in a position right now in America, more importantly, where this whole, this race thing is, is, is taking over, you know, and, and um, because, one, because I believe our president is kind of trying to divide us. Um, but I think... Kind of? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. Not, I don't want to say kind of. He's, he's dividing us. And, and what I noticed over the last few months, um, that he's kind of used sport to kind of divide us. And, I, and that's something that I can't relate to because I know that sport was the first time I ever was around someone white. You know, and I, and, I, and I got an opportunity to see them and learn about them, and they got an opportunity to learn about me, and we became very good friends. And I was like, oh, wow, this is all because of sports. And sports has never been something that divides people. It's always been something that brings someone together. Do you remember the, any of your first experiences around someone who was different than you, someone who was white, you said, because that was through sports? Yeah. Do you remember what it was, and what was your reaction? Um, it was different. I mean, they, they first of all, from a... You know, they ate dinner at a different hour than I've ever ate dinner before. Um, like earlier? Yeah, like supper at like 6.30 in the afternoon. Right. I thought it was afternoon. They call it evening time. Right. Um, it was the first time I've ever seen a pantry. Um, you understand? Like for me, yeah. everything, when I grew up, everything was on top of the refrigerator. Right. You know, so when I went to my wife's friend's house, they had a pantry. So, you know, I learned about that as well. So, um, but they just, they, they kind of live life without no care, no worry, you know? And I wanted to get to a point, you know, maybe I could live life without no care, no worry either, you know, being around a lot of my, you know, white friends growing up. And it was just a pretty cool thing, though. Yeah, and even, like, bedtime. Bedtime was, like, 7.30, 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, nah, wasn't none of that. None, none of that for me on this side, <laughs> none of that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've, I've been watching you, especially over the... I've been watching you for a long time. Yeah. This is not the first time I've interviewed you. I remember interviewing you for your website and some other yeah, things that you. that you did. But um, you, there's been something has changed in you over the last year or two. Is it what's going on in the country racially? Is it is it politically? Is political? Um, I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, I think um, it, it starts with the Trayvon Martin, you know, situation. You know, and um, and the reason it starts with that, I believe, is because you know, having kids of my own, having boys of my own, mm -hmm. it hit home for me to see and to learn the story and to think that. You know, if my boy left home and, and he never returned. Right. You know, that, that kind of that hit a switch. Right. That kind of hit a switch for me. And, yeah. um, and from that point on, I, I knew that my voice and my platform had to be used for more than just sports. Right. Good for you. Good for you, man. Um, 
you you said that you know your your boy your boy never returned home. But then there are people, kids are returning home. When you think about the kids are being taken away, right? Yeah. The same thing that, that your heart like breaks when yeah, you think absolutely. someone comes over, they want a better life, and all of a sudden their kids are being taken away from them. Can yeah. you imagine that feeling? No, I can't imagine that. And and you know we've always grown up saying this is the land of the free and the opportunity here in America. <laughs> and um, to be a parent, uh, to be a father, to be a husband, and to think that you can have a beautiful family one day and then the next day they could be taken away um, is something that um, you never ever could imagine. You were talking about um, about at athletics, right? Mm -hmm. And how you think that this president is dividing. Yeah. And I think about the kids now. Like the, they're, the, there are kids who are selling water. Um, I interviewed a little kid who wanted some action figures and he was out doing stuff with his mom and he got like the cops called on him. Like how do you have to tell these kids even with that, yeah. you know, when you're just living right. while black, how do you get them to keep going? I think, um, you know the yeah, incidents yeah, I'm talking yeah, about, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the best way to tell them to keep going is that no matter, no matter how successful you could become, no matter who you are, when you're an African-American kid, uh, man or female, you're always going to be going against obstacles. And it's either one or two things that you can do. You can allow it to affect you and for you to degrade, or you can allow it to uh, empower you even more. And, and to rise above it. And I think if we look at some of the greatest leaders of our time, mm -hmm. you look at, you know, Muhammad Ali, you look at Dr. Martin Luther King, and all the adversity they went through, they never let them, they never, they never let it down them. They yeah. always used it to say, okay, this is even more motivation. This is even more a way for me to even be more powerful. And, um, and, and they're the reason why we are here today. Your challenges become goals. Um, and your haters become your motivator. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So um, you were saying, you were talking about the uh, ath using athle athletics to divide yeah, people. Yeah. You've heard what? And I can't, I can't sit back and not, and not say nothing. Um, Why'd you, you tweeted about a couple yeah, of days. You tweeted about Charlottesville. <laughs> you, you did, you tweeted about when Steph Curry, when yeah. he, you know, he called him, you called him a bum. Yeah. Because he, but Steph had already said, I'm not going to the White yeah, House. Yeah, he already said he wasn't going, and he tried to use it after that to say, well, you're not invited. Well, you can't uninvite me to something I've already said I'm not going to go to. And we, we all know Steph Curry, model citizen, great kid, come from a great background, great family. Great um, father. Great father and so many <clears throat> different kids, so many kids, white, black, Hispanic, all different races, love what he's doing and rightfully so. Um, there's no reason for anyone to ever attack him, you know, and um, that's, uh, I, I felt that. Do you, whenever there's something like he's in trouble, or he can't wiggle his way out of something, he'll bring up the national anthem thing and kneeling or yeah. standing. Do you think he uses black athletes as a scapegoat? Um, at times, at times, um, and, and more often than, than, than not. Um, I believe he uses anything that's popular to try to negate people from thinking about the positive things that they could actually be doing and try to just to get our minds mm -hmm. um, to not be as sharp as possible right then. Just to, you know, either from kneeling, from football players kneeling, you look at Kaepernick, um, who was a, you know, protesting something that he believed in, and he did it in the most calm fashion respectful. way possible. Very respectful. Had He did all his due diligence. He was knowledgeable about it, and everyone knew why he did it. Um, you look at all the NFL players that still kneeling and things of that nature. You look at Steph. You look at, you know, Marshawn Lynch. You look at all these instances why he's trying to divide our sport. But at the end of the day, sport is the reason why we all come together. Yeah. What do you, um, I just wonder where we go from here. Because Charlotte, to a lot of people, Charlottesville was just like, 
it. I mean, you yeah. tweeted, I think you said, is this what our country is, make uh, America great again? He said that, you know, I'm paraphrasing your tweet, but I think that was just sort of for everybody, like, all right, that's enough. I, yeah. I can't believe this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we all felt that. I don't think you, you, you didn't, it didn't matter what color you are to feel that, um, to feel that tension, to feel like, you know, our, our, our great country, you know, that we all wake up every day in the land of the free as we believe with great opportunity to be even more than what people even expect you to become. Um, for that to happen, you just felt like that was, uh, that was kind of this tipping point. Were you, um, I guess, maybe you were surprised, maybe you weren't. The whole N-word incident at your house when you had the N-word painted. Um, I don't know if I was surprised. Um, were you I don't hurt? know if I was hurt. I don't know if I was disappointed. It was uh, so many different emotions. Um, more importantly, it was the conversation that I had to have with my boys that, um, that it was, that hurt me. Um, but at the same time, it also enlightened me and also knew that no matter, as I stated, you know, sitting, you know, when I did an interview after that, um, that no matter how big you can become, no matter how successful you are, no matter what you do in the community, no matter what you do in your profession, you know, being an African-American in America is always tough. And they always gonna let you know that you are the N-word, no matter who you are. And that was just a, a reset. Even when you have LeBron status and LeBron money, <laughs> that it doesn't. you think it's harder to be, um, when you see these incidents of just about yeah. people living, just being black, yeah. and what happened to you, your house, all of that, do you think it's harder now? Or do you think it's, it's always been there, we're just seeing it because of cell phones and? No, I think it's always been there. Um, but I think um, the president in charge now has given people, um, they don't care now. They throw it in your face now. Yeah. Do you, would you ever run for office? Run for office? Would you ever run, <laughs> would you ever be a politician or run for office? I don't think so. I don't think so. I sit here and say I don't think so. I, I don't know. I'm being serious. If someone <laughs> tried to recruit a LeBron to run for president, they said, listen, they've got no one. If you don't run, Trump's going to win. Would you run? Well, in that case, I may. Yeah, if they have no one, yeah. I, believe, I mean, I believe there's some people out there. I hope. But if there's well, let's no see. one. Let's see first. Let's see first. <laughs> but you would run. Let's see first. I, I, the last question is, what do you hope happens from this school? Because I got to tell you, I walked through. Mm -hmm. I am impressed. Everybody's impressed. This is a great thing you're doing. What do you want to happen? What do you want this to go from here? Um, what I want to happen, every kid that walked through those doors, every kid, you know, from the 240 kids that we're starting with right now, third and fourth grade, to the, you know, to 2022, where we're going to have first through eighth grade. Yeah. Um, we want every kid to walk through this school to be inspired, yeah. um, to come come away with something, yeah. something where they can give back. And, and it doesn't matter. It could be anything. But just for, for kids in general, all they want to know is that someone care. Yeah. And when they walk through that door, I hope they, they know that someone care. And you're, gonna, you're going to L.A., but is your heart here? Uh, my heart is always here. This, is, this Akron, Ohio, is, that's why I'm doing this school right here today. Yeah. You excited about L.A.? Absolutely. Yeah. One more question. What would you say to the president if he's sitting right here? Uh, I would never sit across from him. You would never? You don't want to talk to him? No. I said that across from Barack, though. There you have it. That was the Don Lemon and LeBron James interview, courtesy of CNN. I took, a, I took away a, a lot of things from that interview. Uh, it wasn't very long, however... Uh, LeBron James touched on a lot of things um, regarding race, regarding the school, regarding how he feels about Donald Trump. And the interesting thing is this. 
LeBron James, when talking about his school, talked about how he grew up. He talked about going to his white friend's house and seeing a, a pantry um, when all of his food at his house was uh, on top of a refrigerator. Um, there were there was another interview um, that day after he had opened the school because he, he made his way around you know the med- different media outlets, but there was another interview where he talked about missing almost 42 days or 44 days of school in the fourth grade and how one teacher impacted him and told his teacher that when he's here, he is engaged, he's smart, he's intelligent, um, and we hope to see more of him. And he said that just uh, made a huge impact on him, that left a huge impact on him because he felt like he can achieve anything that he wanted to achieve. And so by him opening up this school in his hometown of Akron, Ohio, and in Cleveland, he has made a safe haven for kids who were in the same situation as him. This school is amazing. Not only has he made the school a safe haven for kids, but he's also um, included programs so that parents of underprivileged kids can be trained for jobs and education. He has a food pantry for those that, that may not have enough food to eat. And you heard him also during that interview talk about it being a STEM school. Um, it's about science and mathematics, not just athletics. So LeBron James is doing something really, really huge here. Um, you know, and, and when you look at some of the things um, that he's doing, you know, not only in his athletic career, where he's come from, his background, how he talks about his mom, this is a pretty big deal. Now, I know that there are other athletes. Jalen Rose has also opened up a school. Um, I just don't I, – I think Jalen Rose hasn't received the type of recognition that LeBron has because he wasn't that as a big a superstar as LeBron is. Um, but I want to give you, you know, something to think about. You know, you haven't seen Michael Jordan open up a school. You haven't seen some of these other um, athletes open up a school. And that's why I love LeBron James. You know, you, you know nothing regarding the athletic ability. If you just look at his, his overall demeanor, the way he carries himself, he is the true epitome of what children can look up to from an athletic uh, point of view on and off the court. So big shout-out to LeBron James, and I could not have a show in this episode without, without – giving him props and discussing uh, the opening of his of his school. So LeBron James is doing big things there in Akron and uh, makes me proud to know that he's really, truly giving back to his communi- community through education. And, um, you know, he has a place there for the kids. Um, the other thing that stood out, if you notice, he said that it's not an 8 to 3 thing. You know, they're in school from 8 to 5 because, as you know, a lot of underprivileged kids or kids that get out of school at 3 o'clock you know, they go home to, they have nothing to do or they're bored. They have nothing to do with this. So they get into things. So he wants them there until five o'clock. Um, that's another great, the great portion, but you know, huge shout out to LeBron, um, for the school opening. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Um, he touched on so many different things. He talked about no matter how much money, um, you have, you're still going to be a nigger. Um, or they're going to think of you as a nigger. Um, the, the, the one thing is, there is a, a lot of truth to that. You know, imagine and you're this big superstar and you play basketball and, you know, you're making, you have endorsements, you have money, you know, 
and then you, you know, you have a nice house and you have a family and you're doing everything right. You're doing everything that the, you know, the way that they say it should be written in the, the you know, to be, you know, an, an upstanding citizen, if you will. And you come home and they have spray painted the word nigger on your house. How would that make you feel? And so he talked about that a little bit. And he said the biggest thing that hurt him was having to explain to his boys why people would do that to him, uh, why they would want to do that to his family. And so um, in this day and age, it's a conversation. You know, I speak to my sons every day, um, my two boys, about being a black man in America and understanding that we're not on the same level field as um, other people are. Um, it's it's a tough conversation to have, so I certainly respect that. Um, he also talked about uh, Trayvon Martin, which is a great segue, uh, as I, you heard me speak earlier in the show, about the Paramount Network doing a documentary with uh, Jay-Z and Rock Nation uh, on the Tray- Trayvon Martin case. He talked about how much that impacted him and changed his life because he said, imagine his kid leaving the house and having conversations with him about these type of things, leaving the house and not coming back. Those are powerful words. And I think about the same thing. You know, my son, I have a son who's getting ready to be 13 in October. And I have a another son who is going to be, he's going on eight years old. And I, you know, talk to my older son a little bit more because, you know, he's in that middle, at that middle school age. And just let him know that the world is tough. You know, it's not an easy playing field. He has to be twice as good. And I also, in, in little, in my own way, speak to my youngest to make him understand some things because we, you know, we all get those tough questions, whether you're black or white. You may get tough questions on why society acts the way that they do. And there's been so many different things. You know, it's, it's, it's blatant now. You know, you know, when the police are being called on, on a, a child for selling water, uh, when the police are getting ch- called on a woman who has a pool key to a residence to swim, and the police are called um, be- like as if she doesn't belong there. When a student at a major university gets called by on campus police because she's asleep in a room that she has every right to be there in. And these instances have been occurring more and more every day. And we as a society and as a whole have to do better. Not only do we have to do better, but it has to start at the top. You can't have so-called leaders, you know, agreeing or not saying anything about what's truly happening in this world. Because the people that are truly racist think it's okay to it's okay to say and do. But I tell you what, to those that still support Donald Trump and his racist views and his racist ways, there are a lot of people out here, good people, that are not going to stand for it. Elections are coming up, midterms are coming up, and I tell everyone you need to get out there and make sure that you vote. That's the only way that you're going to be able to make a change. Make sure you get out there and vote and get these people out of here. Let them know that we're not going to tolerate this nonsense and this foolishness. It's one thing to have an opinion about how things should be. It's another to ignore the things that are occurring and to tolerate racist views and that's exactly what Donald Trump does since we're on that subject of Donald Trump Donald Trump after 
everything and everything positive that LeBron James has done, Donald Trump has come out to blast LeBron James about what he actually said regarding the views he had about about him. He basically said, and I'm going to pull this up here shortly, he basically said that um, he had an interview with Don Lemon, and the interview wasn't that great. And then then he said something to the effect of uh, Don Lemon is very, very dumb. So it's not, it's easy to make LeBron look smart. And he pretty much was uh, 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 bashing LeBron James uh, over that recent interview. Here's, Here's what he said via Twitter. LeBron James was just interviewed by the dumbest man on television, Don Lemon. He made LeBron look smart, which isn't easy to do. I like Mike. That's the president of the United States bashing another man of color, bashing a man that has done more in the last two years than his secretary of education has done in the last two years since she's been in office. That is a man who is an outstanding citizen who has almost as much money as as the current president, but also gives back to the community. Let me ask you this, Mr. Trump. When was the last time you gave back to a community? When was the last time you did something positive? And see, here's the thing. We go back to, again, you've heard me speak about this on my previous episodes. Donald Trump is a bully. He, 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 is, a, he is a true bully. I want you guys to think about something. This president hasn't had a press conference, a daily press conference, in a long time. He lets Sarah Huckabee Sanders stand in front of the press, insult the press, and, and lie to the press because he can't deal with it. See, Don Lemon won't allow Donald Trump to lie to the American people. He calls him out on his bullshit. And because he calls him out on his bullshit, Trump doesn't like it. And so because you're calling him out on his bullshit and he doesn't like it, what is he going to do? He's going to do it in 150 characters via Twitter. Now, I ask everyone, Trump supporters and anyone else, is this the way that you want your president, your so-called leader to be? And this is not a political thing. This is a common sense thing. I keep saying that. This is not a political thing. This is a common sense thing. This is not normal at all. I've never heard a president speak the way that this man does, and we just sweep it under the rug and act like nothing's wrong or there's nothing wrong with what he's saying. But the Trump supporters, I'm pretty sure, will say, oh, it's okay. It's freedom of speech. LeBron started it. No, LeBron didn't start it. LeBron said exactly how he felt. LeBron told the truth about everything um, that he stated regarding Donald Trump. And then when he doesn't want you to get caught up in something, meaning Donald Trump, when he doesn't want you to get caught up in something, he tries to deter to you by saying something else. You're going to have to get a little bit smarter, Donald. Your, 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 your game is, is getting a little old. Your playbook's getting old. When something happens involving yourself or your administration, you defer another way, trying to distract. We know your playbook. The defense is not allowing you to gain any more yards on this one, buddy. You, you, you have to do better. So 
I, I think I think it's just amazing that um, Donald Trump, instead of praising LeBron James about what he has done, regardless of how he may felt, to come out and just basically call him dumb. That's that's what he basically said. Um, but anyway, that's my rant for the moment regarding uh, Trump. But again. Shout out to LeBron. Great things, and I know we'll be hearing more from him. And I'm pretty sure this it's not going to stop there um, regarding his uh, um, working with the community. Hope we open up another school uh, there in Akron and, and many more across the United States. Next topic I was going to talk about was the, um, you heard me speak on it earlier, the documentary um, regarding Trayvon Martin. Very, very powerful piece of film, powerful documentary. Um, Jay-Z and Rock Nation has teamed up with Paramount and BET. And uh, the show comes on Monday nights, I believe, at 9 or 10 o'clock. I think it's 9 o'clock Eastern Time on the Paramount Network, which can be found on DirecTV. I'm not sure if it's on in the uh, other cable outlets. Um, but uh, obviously, if you don't have the Paramount Network, you can definitely catch it on BET. And in watching this, uh, there's a lot of information that I found in the documentary that I didn't know about. Um, and and, I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys have heard it, but I, I did not. Um, when they were talking about George Zimmerman, George Zimmerman apparently, um, we all know the story. He wanted to be a police officer. He was studying criminal justice uh, at a local college there. And um, apparently he had called 911 around eight eight or ten times prior to the incident um, with Trayvon Martin, uh, Trayvon, with Trayvon, before him, before he allegedly killed Trayvon, before he killed Trayvon, I should say, not allegedly. Um, and I, I found that quite interesting because they had the 911 tapes um, every time he called, and he typically was calling on people of color. Also, um, that neighborhood... Uh, that was there, due to the housing crisis, uh, there were a lot of vacant homes that were there that um, were up for sale. And to get rid of some of those homes, the homeowners decided to rent those homes out or lease those homes out. Well, one of the things that they did was they actually allotted Section 8, which is a government-assisted program for renters, to lease those homes. And so you had more uh, black um, and maybe Latino people that were allowed to move into a nicer middle-class neighborhood. And um, George Zimmerman um, had volunteered to basically be the captain of the neighborhood watch because some neighbors, some neighbors, including himself, had felt like the neighborhood was going down um, and that there were, had been a brash of break-ins that were occurring uh, within the neighborhood. Obviously, you guys know the story. Um, we know that Trayvon Martin had went into a 7-Eleven. He had phoned his friend. He was on his way to his friend's house, asked him did he want something. His friend said he wanted the Skittles. Trayvon bought an Arizona tea. And as he's walking, he has a hoodie on, and he's on his way to his friend's house. And that's when George Zimmerman followed him, basically chased him down, Trayvon probably fought back, and George Zimmerman shot him. 
Now, in this documentary, it talks about how six to seven different people had called 911 when they heard this incident happening. You can hear the screams of Trayvon um, in the background, and you know people are saying different things. And they actually showed the first time that the 911 tapes were actually played for his mom and his dad. One thing I also want to note is prior to that happening, the attorney for the family, uh, I forgot the, the, the brother's name, the attorney for the family had fought and got the news and the media involved because the chief of police of that city was not going to release the 911 tapes. Uh, he had refused to do so. So the attorney actually brought in the media, and when they brought in the media, that's when you started hearing more and more about this incident, and people became outraged. Um, I also believe that's when the Black Lives Matter uh, movement had began as well, um, after the outrage over the whole Trayvon Martin incident. But this attorney was very, very skilled, and they, and they actually talked to him, and he said one of the reasons I wanted to do that was to bring the attention to it to put heat on the police. Because if you're telling me that this man did nothing wrong, why won't you release the 911 tapes so that the whole community and the whole world can hear? Well, uh, I believe they went to court. The court said that they had to release the tapes. They released the tapes, and the rest is history. But to see the mother and the father listen to those tapes for the first time was very, very heart-wrenching. Imagine you hearing your son screaming for help and no one's coming to help him. Then you hear a shot and you don't hear his voice anymore. just want you guys to think about that for a second. And when they asked her, what did she hear on those tapes? She said, I heard the voice of my son distinctively screaming for help and no one came to help him. And you guys let this man kill my son and walk away. All because of a stand your ground law in Florida. Fast forward to the after that. You have the trial and we all know that George Zimmerman was acquitted. But Zimmerman has had numerous instances. Numerous, numerous instances with his girlfriend with domestic abuse. This gentleman has... Um, talked about auctioning off the gun that he used to kill Trayvon Martin. He has had encounters with police. He's had at least four or five encounters where police and authorities were called. And the most recent one, which um, uh, involves the, the documentary on Trayvon, most recent news was he has been stalking the detective that has been investigating um, the Trayvon Martin case, meaning the person that has been gathering the facts, the person has been gathering the data and all the public information. The latest thing is, is that he's been <clears throat> stalking him. This is not normal. How do we allow someone such as, as, a, as a George Zimmerman to be walking around, but you'll lock a guy up for weed, but we won't lock him up for taunting or uh, or, or, you know, trying to cause harm or 
bodily harm or threatening someone, we won't lock them up for that. But we'll lock a brother up for a dime bag or a 20 bag of weed. Or if we don't like the attitude of the person that we pulled over, police officers, not all of you, but some of you, we don't like the attitude of the person that we pulled over because they're questioning your authority, we tell them to get out the car. I don't, I don't understand it. Is this the society that we still live in? Is this, is this where we want to go? We better smarten up and start using our common senses because at the end of the day, there's no reason for people to be treated the way that they're being treated. I don't understand it. And we need to speak up a little bit more about it. The whole point of this podcast is to make sure that you use your common sense and to make you think in different ways. So if you haven't had an opportunity to check out the Trayvon Martin documentary, make sure that you do. It's only on episode one. Uh, make sure you DVR it. You can go back and check it out on the Paramount Network. It comes on Monday nights. I believe it's either at 9 or 10 o'clock. Um, and uh, next week they're going to be going into part two, and I believe that's going to be more or less where they're going to be talking about the, the trial, the case, uh, the Trump impact on today's society and what's happening there. A um, lot of things um, just it's just ceasing to amaze me that's happening. So I wanted to make sure that you guys got a uh, another episode this week um, so that you can check it out and listen to it. Please, 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 I'm asking you, if you're an iTunes listener, go out there, comment, um, and, and uh, give me some stars on your opinion on the show. Um, if you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me. You can reach me at frankstyles at bossradiostation.com. You can catch all of our content on bossradiostation.com. Um, follow me on Twitter at frankstyles1. That's style spelled with S-T-Y-L-Z. You can catch me on Instagram under frankstyles. And you can also follow us on Facebook at Styles Boss Productions. You need help with your podcast, voiceover, work, editing, video editing, or music editing, contact Styles Boss Productions. We can help you with that. And, um, you know, I'm going to make sure that we get our style sessions out to you. We've been having a little technical difficulty. Um, we thought that uh, we were going to be able to do it another way, you know, through our device. But um, I'm going to be recording the style sessions, um, a couple of those in the studio, so that you guys can have some things to help help you throughout the week to keep you inspired, to keep myself inspired, to provide you with good content. And um, if you want some ideas about some things you want to hear, make sure you let me know about that stuff as well. I'll take into consideration anything that you send me. If you want to be a guest on the show, special guest on the show, uh, feel free to reach out to me. But uh, this has been another episode of the Let's Be Honest podcast with Frank Styles, And uh, I want to thank everybody for supporting me. And I'll be talking with you guys soon. Don't smoke.